the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by FanDuel, your NFL Week 11 Best Bets episode. I am your host, Brendan Glasheen, joined by Brandon Anderson, Joe Gallant, Luke Swain, otherwise known as Vegas Refund, the normal crew. Each of those guys are going to go through their three favorite bets for the upcoming Sunday-Monday slate. As a reminder, you can find all of our picks from the show over in the Action Network app. You can follow Action Network NFL Picks. You'll also find Stucky and Raybon's Sunday six-pack picks, as well as the best bets. Fellas, great week last week. Six and three. So not great, but good. Definitely good. We're, we're doing well the last couple of weeks. 52, 36 and two record for the season. Um, as a reminder, you can find Jill Gallant on Sundays during the season at 1030 a.m. Eastern on the Action app. Also on YouTube and Twitter going through uh, the touchdown show and uh, good to have Luke and Brandon here as well. Fellas, before we get into week 11, just to set things up, four teams on the bye, Dolphins, Seahawks, Buccaneers, and Jags. Hey, Seahawks and Bucks, they played in London. We want a bye week. That That's that that's a good idea based on how other teams have looked this year after a, a game overseas like Germany or London and how they've looked the following week. Underdogs keep rolling, 57% hit rate. We have three more teams that are playing as a seven-point favorite or more. Ravens, Bills, and Niners. Those teams this year, just 11-22 and 22 against the spread. That's the least profitable start for touchdown favorites in two decades. And the under train continues to ride peacefully. 58% hit rate. If you were a $100 better, you bet $100 on each under, you'd be up close to $1,900. The best start for unders since 1991 through the first 10 games of the season. Let's describe the week 11 betting card in one sentence, and then we'll get into the picks. Brandon, you first. Yeah, back to what we've been saying. You're the underdog. I've given this stat out. Underdogs of between 3 and 10 points. Now 48 and 26 against the spread. 65% cover rate, 24% ROI on the money line. Depending on the lines you're looking at right now, I see 11 of 14 games falling into that range this week. Wow. Jill, what do you have for us? Uh, maybe not a sentence, but definitely two words. And I would call it amateur meteorologist. Like, I feel like I've had such conflicting reports on what I've read about what the snow is going to be for Buffalo versus Cleveland. If it's November or if it's going to be cleared out by Sunday, they'll be able to play. Are they actually moving from Buffalo to play? So again, you may have to wait right up until Sunday morning before you actually know where and when that game is going to be played. There's actually, and they're calling it thunder snow. That's what I've been reading in some of these reports. There's actually consideration, put real quick, there's consideration of moving the game? Yeah. Yeah, it's to Detroit, which would oh. be hilarious because Boo. if they move it to Detroit, the Lions are in New York right now having to travel home for Thursday where the Bills would already be there. Yeah, the, leave it to the Lions to get a road Thanksgiving disadvantage. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wow, I totally forgot they play each other next week to kick off the Thanksgiving slate. Great point. Luke, what's your thought for week 11? Yeah, it's just the uh, underdog trend and to see if regression is going to kick in. 
Um, we had some the elite, a bunch of elite teams lose last week. I'm really interested to see if they are going to bounce back or let down. Okay. And road dogs have been good this year, 52, 38, and one specifically against the spread. First best bet will come from Brandon Anderson per usual. As a reminder, these guys do not consult each other before we start this record. So we may have overlap. We may have contradictions. We ran into overlap last week. We'll see what happens today. Every man for himself here on these best bets. Brandon, why don't you start us off? All right. Well, spoiler alert, I'm going to be going with all three underdogs in that range I talked about today. And I'm going to get my toughest one out of the way first. I need a little courage to get this one right away. I'm going to go to Monday night. We're flying to Mexico City. I'm going to take the underdog, Arizona Cardinals, plus eight and a half against the 49ers. Cardinals, obviously right in that three to 10 point range, 65% cover rate. In those games, division, 73% cover rate. Teams that are getting under half of the tickets, 73% cover rate. So this fits right in that range of underdogs we're looking at. I think the Cardinals offense, believe it or not, might be a little undervalued here. The offense has ticked up a little bit since DeAndre Hopkins came back. Marquise Brown is practicing now as well. So we possibly could get both of those guys there. And on the other side, I think we're still giving the 49ers defense maybe a little too much credit from what they were early in the year. Last five games, they're down to 26th in DVOA. Now, they looked good last week, but injuries, I think, are pulling that defense a little back toward uh, back to earth a little bit. Cardinals actually rank higher defensively there. So Niners are five and four. I think, you know, Luke, you talked about the, the elite teams losing. The Niners made it through last week, but I think we're kind of counting them as an elite team, but they might be a theoretical elite team. We haven't really seen them do that yet. They got blown out by the Falcons. They lost to Denver. They lost to Chicago. Not the good version of Chicago that might exist now. The one way back at the beginning, there's another uh, whatever whatever that was in week one weather-wise. So I, yeah. I like Arizona here. And then, you know, whenever we do an Arizona game, we got to do my Cliff Kingsbury trends. So you guys know which one I'm going with this time. Cliff Kingsbury, when he is an underdog against a coach that has not won the Super Bowl. We're back, baby. 13-1-1 against the spread in that spot. Now, it used to be undefeated. Didn't cover against my Minnesota Vikings this year, but 10.1 points per game cover, 13-1-1. And Kingsbury is an underdog away from home, which this one counts as. I'm counting the neutral here. 16-4-2 against the spread. 80% has won nine of the last 10 outright. And by the way... Just straight up against Shanahan has gone well. Kingsbury is 3-0-1 ATS against Shanahan. Shanahan is a favorite, never great. Jimmy Garoppolo as more than a touchdown favorite, 1-6-1 against the spread a lifetime. So I like the spot here, and I like the number. Eight and a half is clearly a two-score thing, even with the two-point conversions now. And then I'll get out ahead of the one last question here. But what about the quarterback? Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy, who's it going to be? So I tested this out a little bit. In my head, I was thinking, you know, I feel like Shanahan kind of blows some of these games against backup quarterbacks. So I went back through the history. No science on this. I think I got the number right here. As far as I can tell, Shanahan against a backup quarterback, three and six against the spread lifetime, last two seasons has lost outright all three such opportunities, including Colt McCoy last year as the Cardinals backup. Colt is three and one ATS as the backup. I think the line inflation here 
is giving us some value because of the unknown at quarterback. So I'll take it now. I'll take the risk. Cardinals plus eight and a half. Might even sprinkle the money line. You never know what these international games. Let's let's get wild. Okay. Luke, you have thoughts on that? Yeah, and for me, like, and I almost like prefer McCoy, to be honest, but and it does feel like like a 50-50 like coin flip between the two where you can't talk about like two different, more different types of quarterbacks in terms of Shannon and having to prepare for both of them. Um, where like if they're already fact like let's just say they're assuming McCoy's in, um, where like they're baking that into the line right now, where if Kyler's out, I'm going to assume it's going to move even more, which is just even more value that like yep. you might get like fake value um, that they're just baiting people into taking, um, which like I prefer McCoy. They're totally different. Um, yeah, I love this one. McCoy's getting the ball out fast and kind of, to me, it's a bit of a Geno Smith thing where they're actually running the offense there rather than doing the Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray save us offense. So I agree with that, but I'll draw the line there. I'll stop at the real McCoy's no trace McSorley. If we go to third string quarterback, Mm -hmm. I'm out. I'm getting my money and running. The injury report said that he hasn't yet made a decision, which is like very interesting that he has to make a decision as if there's like a controversy. It wouldn't be hard knocks related, right? Because they pre-record those every week. I don't know. Yeah, that's the week before always. Right, week before. Okay. Well, Kyler is quoted from yesterday, I feel good. And he feels, his hamstring feels a lot better, but still unsure about his status for the weekend. Okay, moving right along. Jill, you're going to another trendy situation. Yeah, I mean, I've bet on the Patriots now three of the last four pods. I think they were on by one of the weeks, so I didn't bet on them, but if, you're, if it's going to be a weekly occurrence. By last if they keep, week. Yeah. If, if they're going to keep giving me the Patriots as a short fave, I'm going to take it. Like the Patriots were on the road facing the jets as three point favorites. Now we're returning home back to Foxborough and they're only three and a half point favorites. It makes no sense to me. And there are so many trends that point to a Patriots win in this matchup. Like for example, three, 13 straight wins against this team. Uh, nine of those by double digits. They were leading by 12 uh, against this team just a few weeks ago, and they gave up a garbage touchdown, so they only won by five. Oh, but still covered. And Patriots are top five in sacks and interceptions, interceptions being the key thing here because when Zach Wilson was playing against them, we joked about it, that he was basically playing a weird version of pop-up 500 to the Patriots secondary. So um, I think that's going to bode well for the Patriots. You know, their specialty obviously is running the ball. The Jets are bottom three and touchdowns allowed by running backs. Also another trend from Evan Abrams, who writes the weekly betting primer for Action Network, when the total is at 40 or lower, Belichick is 32-10-1 against the spread over the last 20 years. That's a 77% cover rate. Um, And I feel like just because the Jets upset the Bills, I don't think it's worth it that they should be giving up like less than six. I I feel like the spread should be Patriots, you know, minus six, you know, around that range. And, you know, three of the five wins that Zach Wilson has gotten this year against backup quarterbacks. And now you're going against Mac Jones and and on this road to me, guys, again, if Mac Jones doesn't turn the ball over, I have no idea how the Jets will cover this game. Okay. You're saying if Bailey, if Bailey Zappi was playing, you'd feel better about the Jets. I think I would probably have a if Bailey Zappi was playing the spread would be minus nine and a half Patriots if we're putting it real here. So wow. this one this one does feel like it's coming down. So like which for me it's like three or nothing. Um and I totally get it's three and a half as we're recording right now. Uh, but Zach Wilson's thrown seven interceptions against Bill Belichick in three games that he played, where the last game the Jets probably should have won by 
10 plus, uh, but Zach Wilson just turned it over where last year, he, his first game against the Patriots in New York, he had three interceptions. Then he went to New York or excuse me. Then he went to new England and threw zero, uh, which trends. Um, but like it's three or nothing for me. And which like you would just have to go with the Patriots at this point. Um, so if you're betting this pick, I would probably wait a little. It's probably going to come down to three. 13 straight wins for New England against the Jets. Remember, Zach Wilson said back in week eight, we'll see those guys again with his bandana on. So he's he's motivated. That's how he sounded a few weeks ago. Let's go to Luke for his first best bet. So my first one is going to be shut your eyes and take the Colts plus seven, where right now at FanDuel, it's six and a half. So I would wait uh, because there are sevens available, uh, but it, it would be seven or pass probably for me. But this feels like a similar game to the Colts-Chiefs game, I think week two or week three, mm-hmm. where I know the Colts haven't been any better with Matt Ryan, but I refuse to believe that they're worse with him. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor got it going against the Raiders, which I know is the Raiders, this past Sunday. And you have an Eagles team that is down Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown's questionable, and they've been basically a sieve versus the run. So if Jonathan Taylor can get it going, uh, which is a question mark. Like this seven is just too high and weird things happen in Indianapolis. Um, so I'm just going to take in really, it is just, it is a, a value principle play. I know the Eagles just came off of their first loss and everyone wants to say it's a bounce back game. Um, but to me, like this is like, who knows who Jeff Saturday is, but the Colts might be better than they actually are. Um, and they've been really bad. So I'm just going to take the Colts plus seven. Okay, very good. And we uh, do you care who the quarterback is? Is Matt Ryan? Is that fine? That was helpful. I would like it. It's definitely, <laughs> I would like Matt Ryan. Um, okay. Which is, yeah. Not Ellinger. Let's just say not Ellinger. All right. Ellinger. Well, yeah, could, yeah, right. <laughs> I think that was a line from the, the recap show the other night, Jill. Good stuff there. All right, Brandon, back, back to you. And you're riding an offense that is uh, flying high these days. I am. I'm going to stay local for me, and I'll go with the Chicago Bears. A little different here. I'm not going to take the Bears just to cover. If it was three and a half, it might get back to that. Then I might be looking there. I don't trust the Bears' defense. Atlanta's offense has been pretty good. So I kept kind of debating, do I want the play? Do I want it or not? And then I realized, well, what do I want to play here? I want to play the Chicago Bears' offense. So I'm just going to do that. Bears over team total, 22 and a half. This is a Justin Fields play. Justin Fields has been awesome. 555 rushing yards the last five games, a quarterback record in NFL history, 13 touchdowns during that stretch. Everything has changed for this offense. Like Fields figured it out. The decision-making is faster. The processing is faster. It's unlocked the scrambling, that size-speed combo. He makes a decision and bam, he's gone. He's just gone down there. He's He's got multiple long touchdown runs already. More to come, maybe against these Falcons. Chicago has scored 29 points or more in four straight. During those four games, they're up to fifth in offensive DVA. The Bears are fifth in offense. Like, I, I don't want to go back and check on it. I don't know when in my lifetime ever the Bears have been a top five offense. Literally ever. I, I don't know when it happened. Like, it's been maybe since the 80s. They're top five in rushing, top half of the league in passing. Compared to the first six games, the Bears were 30th on offensive DVOA. That's where I usually expect this team to be. Justin Fields changed everything. Atlanta's defense, not good. They're near the bottom of the league at most everything. They're not healthy. 
I think the Bears run plenty. And the one thing the Bears really still don't do well is pass protect. Falcons rank dead last in getting pressure on the quarterback. So even that may not be a problem. I don't mind playing a Bears here, especially if it gets to three and a half. To me, this team total is just way off. This is an easy one for me. I think that the total should be like up to 27, 28. I might even look for an alternate here, but I certainly will love a Bears over team total 22 and a half. You know what I found interesting when I saw this number was just in recording before Thursday night football, week 11 Packers Titans, the Packers have the same exact team total against a Titans team that yes, is banged up resting player short week. I, I get all that, but I mean, and I know the the bears are playing the, the bears are playing the Falcons. At least the Titans are a reputable product on the defensive side of the ball. So the fact that we're, Still not, and that's a respect for Aaron Rodgers. I get that. That's like a brand thing. But the fact that those are the same, they have the same team totals going into this week based on how the Bears have trended, I I agree. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Jill, what's your second best bet? All right, so I'm going to go to the Cowboys and Vikings game, and I'm going to bank on some offense for that game. I'm going to go at over 47 and a half. Uh, And the reason being is, okay, so we've got, to what I define as explosive offenses. Brandon, I don't know how you feel about the Vikings. I'm going to say that they're an explosive offense. Uh, But I expect them to at least put up 24 points each because the Vikings offense, man, in home games, uh, you know, London game aside, but been pretty sharp this year. No less than 23 points scored. They went over this total in every game. And part of why I love this bet is because, again, the defense, the Vikings defense still kind of struggling bottom five and passing yards allowed per game middle of the pack stop in the run and the Cowboys like it's not quite the Spider-Man meme but they're kind of the same team in a way like they kind of run up points quickly um but their quarterback will kind of keep opponents in games because they tend to turn it over um and the defense has struggled against kind of balanced offenses now the Cowboys as much as we want to talk about how awesome their defense was I'll talk about it all day if actually if you guys want to talk about it but um they've given up 60 points over the last two weeks And to just put that in perspective, they only allowed 106 in the first seven games of the year. So there's clearly something happening here where offensive coordinators are maybe finding the holes in this defense. So I thought that this total, when I saw this matchup, I thought the total was going to open over 50 or maybe 51 and a half. But when you're giving it to me at 47 and a half with these types of offenses and these type of, uh, I want to say, inept defenses, maybe I'm going to take the over in that spot. All right. Very good. I like it. Um, yeah, and you got to keep in mind when you look at Dallas's stats for the season that there's some Cooper Rush in there, not just Dak Prescott led. So, Luke, you're gonna have a same, uh, not the same play, but a play on this game as well. Yeah, so my first one's gonna be Cowboys money line, which right now it is minus 124, um, which minus one and a half is fine too. Um, but the Christian Darisaw injury is definitely a an extremely important injury to monitor where if he is ruled out using concussion pr- protocol, this will probably jump to like two, two and a half where he's, I think the number one graded tackle in the league right now, especially for the run, which this Cowboys defense has been showing lapses the last two weeks, but that was versus two teams that just gashed them. Uh, this D line is built around speed. It doesn't have any fat guys in the middle um, where like the Vikings are are capable of like Dalvin Cook's capable of a breaking 80 yard run like he did last week at any time, but I'm not gonna bet on 80 yard plays happening every single week. Where this Vikings team uh, continues to win coin flip games last year, they're in the same situation where everyone wants to argue it is regression to the mean where they lost them all last year and now they're winning them all. 
but it, it is still like, it, it doesn't matter to me. Um, in terms of success rate, like schedule adjusted success rate, Dallas is 11th and Minnesota is 24th. And that 11th, like you said, Brendan, like has Cooper Rush factored in. Um, and to me, I, I believe in this Dallas D, this is going to be the best defense the Vikings probably have faced this year. Um, and if Christian Darius out, like I like this even more, um, taking a Cowboys team off a loss where like they lost to the Packers in heartbreaking fashion, but they were up 14 going to the second half, gave up a few big plays um, that I don't see happening where like, I don't think the Vikings can game plan like or take advantage of what the Packers did in terms of the run game. Action app is identifying Dallas getting 88% of the money on the money line side of things. As far as the spread, 77% of the money on the Cowboys minus one and a half Vikings have won seven straight games and they're coming off a thrilling win as we know against the Buffalo bills. All right. Final best bet from each of the guys. We will start. Actually, I want to there's and this is uh just going back to that Viking the Vikings where like I I refute <laughs> I was guilty of it a couple years ago. But do you remember that miracle, the miracle play by mm-hmm. Diggs in the playoffs? Keen him to Diggs, yeah. Yeah, Spoiler. like it was absolutely like the greatest moment in Vikings history. And yeah. I was a victim of betting the Vikings the very next week. And I'm not saying this is the same team because it's not, it's the same coaching, etc. But there is like an emotional factor of like coming off of a big win like that where they got blown out by the Eagles the very next game. And I was miserable the entire playoff game because I was on the Vikings where like that was probably the Vikings biggest regular season win like ever, like at least the last decade or so um, where there's an emotional factor definitely plays to the advantage of the Cowboys coming off of a heartbreaking loss where the Vikings are coming off of a amazing win. Kirk Cousins in his career, 27-36-2 against the spread after a straight-up win. 16-28-2 against the spread after a straight-up win since 2017. Least profitable quarterback in the NFL, courtesy of Evan Abrams, who Jill referenced earlier. Brandon kept his eyes uh, clogged. Uh, or pardon, no, no, that's ears. Ears clogged, eyes closed. There we go. Okay, final best bet. Brandon, let's go. Yeah, thanks guys for that. I just really need to relive that Vikings Eagles loss all over again. But yeah, I, I can't disagree. It is a it is a rough emotional letdown spot. And don't forget the week before winning in Washington, Kirk Cousins' old team. So that's two in a row. I think it is a big emotional letdown spot. All right, final pick here. No surprises. I teased this one Sunday night. I teased this one last Friday. We're going with Ra Ra Mike Tomlin. Pittsburgh Steelers plus four at home against the Bengals. You already know TJ Watt changes everything for this team. And we saw it last week. TJ Watt comes back. The defense that had been 30th in DVOA all year holds the Saints to 186 yards. And I know it's just the Saints, but 186 yards is nothing. They are number one in sacks with TJ Watt in the field the last five years. They're top five or 10 defense when Watt is on the field. They've been bottom three without him. He is that important like he is a most valuable player in the league non-quarterback division type important and we saw that last week the secondary is getting healthy Demonte KZ is back Levi Wallace is back no Minka Fitzpatrick but probably no Jamar Chase he's on crutches still this week it doesn't look like he will play I think Chase is probably a bigger loss to Cincinnati Bengals are only 20th in passing offense without Chase this year so I like the Steelers D. I love the Steelers D. I think they're the best unit on the field. 
And you already know the Mike Tomlin stats. Week five forward as an underdog. 39-16-1 ATS, 71%. Yeah, that's the same rate as last week when we said it. I think all three of us were on the Steelers then. They ended up not even being an underdog, but we won comfortably. That was a nice, easy one for us. As a one-score underdog in that range, week five forward, 77% cover rate. Home underdog, 14-2-1, 88% covered, nine in a row, one, seven in a row. And week five forward as a division underdog, 19-3-1, 86% cover rate. They won 15 out of 23 straight up. Mike Tomlin against the Bengals. It is his most profitable ATS opponent. Mike Tomlin has an underdog against the Bengals, 7-2 straight up against the Bengals. Give me Mike Tomlin at home. Give me TJ Watt at home as a four-point dog. Hopefully, if you were listening earlier, hopefully you already got the plus six and we're just coasting at this point, but I will happily take the plus four Steelers all day. Remind us again, what did you get their live win total at? We were at five and a half last week, so we already got our third win. Let's get a fourth win here. Tell you what, I'll give you a little tease. Next Monday night, Steelers-Colts. Give me Steelers again. Let's just blast this win total out of the water. Okay. Jeff Saturday back on his old network television station. So just keep that in (laughs) mind. All right, Jill, what do you got? Final pick. Yeah, I'm going to, we're in an echo chamber today. I'm taking the Steelers plus four too. And I think it's going to probably be the most bet underdog of the week again. And I can't really argue it because of TJ Watt. I wanted to add to that point that Brandon was talking about with TJ Watt. So for reference, the Steelers have 16 sacks this season. Six of those sacks were in week one against the Bengals. Seven sacks, or or pardon me, seven sacks were in week one versus the Bengals. They had six sacks this past week against the Saints. So that means 13 of the 16 sacks this season have only been in two games where TJ Watt played. Rest of the year, they couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. So uh, I I think it's a pretty glaring uh, uh, stat to to, to kind of consider here when we're looking at how these teams match up. Um, And the Steelers have been pretty sharp versus the run this season. I mean, we saw it even week one of how they've matched up against uh, Joe Mixon, but obviously not been very good against the pass. But because of the lack of Jamar Chase, I think that's actually going to be an issue for Joe Burrow to get that ball down the field. And he was instrumental in that week one uh, game against the Steelers. So uh, they didn't end up winning, but he was involved every way, shape, or form. So not having him out there is just going to be a huge loss for that Bengals offense. And also Burrow, if we're just sticking with the sacks, still one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. He's third overall with 32 sacks or 32 sacks this season. I can't, It's just going to probably be a field day for that defensive line on the Steelers. So if you're going to give me plus four, I'm going to take that every time. And despite how good Burrow has been against the spread, 13 and three, his last 16 starts, 14 and seven in his career away from home are Final two picks from Brandon and Jill. They are going with Pittsburgh. What do you have for us, Luke? <laughs> I'm not going to have a lot to say about this one because I'm going to be on the Steelers plus four as well. <laughs> oh, uh, which, let's which go. Makes, makes it a clean sweep again. Uh, but like Brandon did, it, Jill said, like TJ Watt is just so valuable where like the Bengals have really just beat up on really bad teams of as of recent where their first game without Jamar chase, they got blown out by the Browns on the road. Um, yep. And then they beat up by the Panthers the very next week, uh, which was at home without chase um, where like, who knows? Like it was the Panthers where like in divisional games this year, they beat the, they lost the Ravens by two and they beat the Steelers by three. Um, so like this, this is going to be a divisional a home dog, which maybe the public's going to be on it. 
Um, the public is due for some regression in its favor, uh, but sometimes like the cliche sides are just the right ones and you couldn't pay me to take the Bengals in this spot. Um, I'll just take the Steelers plus four for every angle the other two guys just said. It's just an easy one. Folks, this is not a repeat episode. I repeat, <laughs> this is not a repeat episode from last week because the final pick from all three of these guys was Pittsburgh last week and they won straight up against the uh, – against the saints. And that was, we are, uh, by the way, now two and O or six and O, depending on how you slice it. When all three of us on the pod are on the same side, clean sweep and pretty easy wins both times. Packers bears earlier Steelers last week. Let's do it again with Steelers Bengals. It would be, it'd be two and O plus six units. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Okay. Very good. And by the way, the, uh, Taking a look at the action app here. Money is coming in on Pittsburgh. 94% of the money, 57% of the bets. But as Brandon said, I mean, he Brandon's been on this since earlier in the week. He mentioned it with Jill on the pod on the recap show. So hopefully you got a better number than four where it is right now. Before we wrap the show, let's take a quick look at next week's lines for week 12 to see if we like any numbers now before the lines adjust during slash after Sunday and Monday's action. Brandon, what do you like for week 12? So I genuinely thought this line was a typo so much that I literally just now one minute ago pulled it up again to check and make sure it's not a typo. Give me the Baltimore Ravens at the Jacksonville Jaguars next week. Minus three and a half. What? What are we doing? The Jaguars haven't been good since September. The Ravens look like a possible Super Bowl team. The Ravens are great, you guys. They're coming off a bye week. They're playing the Panthers, so they're about to blow Carolina out of the water. Remind everyone just how good they are. The defense added Roquan Smith, looked great in his game. Ties Bowser and David Ojabo are back. It looks like Ojabo may play this week. Marcus Williams, the safety, back soon, maybe by next week as well. Mark Andrews is back. That's their leading receiver, not Rashad Bateman. The Ravens are loaded and a really good team. Jacksonville. DVOA says they're kind of a league average team, but they also played the third easiest schedule and they really haven't looked good since September. If you just go October one forward, Jacksonville ranks second to last defensively 27th in DVOA. Look, I was on Jags earlier. That was my worst to first division pick. You got to be willing to admit when you're wrong on some of these. I was, I was way off Seattle Island coming into the year too. And sometimes you got to make a hard pivot. Jacksonville is not very good. I don't know why this line is so, so short, I guess the reason really Jacksonville will be on a bye this week, as you mentioned, Brendan. So they got the rest against the Ravens. I don't know. Isn't playing the Panthers basically a bye week for the Ravens? I think they basically just get a second bye week here. So Doug Peterson after a bye week, only one and four against the spread. Not going to scare me away here. Harbaugh against an opponent coming off a bye, 10, four and two. Go ahead, take all the time you need. We're still just going to run it right down your throat, says Harbaugh. Road favorites of a touchdown or less against an opponent coming off a bye, 60% cover rate historically. So I'll take the Ravens minus three and a half before they blow out the Panthers. And I think this line goes up after that. So give me Baltimore. This one's definitely going up. I mean, like this is in Jacksonville, right? In Jacksonville. Like like, the two home fields that like just weird things happen that make me crazy are like Buffalo and then Jacksonville. Um, like that's and the Indy. you know Andy you said Andy, Andy earlier <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah this one has to go up it's just 
It's I, crazy that a job. Truly, I don't understand the line. I literally had to check it again. I checked it like four times before prepping for this. And I looked again. I was like, surely they fixed it by now, right? No, no, st- still out there. Get your well, Ravens tickets in. And, and going back to the, to the go, yeah. going back to the offseason, too, there were hopes for Jacksonville year two, Trevor Lawrence. Also, Peterson was a sexy pick for coach of the year. When this line opened in May, it was Baltimore minus four. It hasn't even changed all that much since the since the lines were first put out in, in the early spring. And at Jacksonville, in Jacksonville, like, and I lived in Jacksonville for two years. Like, it's getting cold there right now. Like, if, like, heat was a, like, edge for them, like Miami was, like, it, Jacksonville is not hot right now. Um, and I keep forgetting about Ajabo from, like, draft days. Like, they're just adding a first-round pick. It's insane. Yeah, like a top 10 pick, if healthy. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think what happens on some of these is you put the team on a bye week and we just kind of, like, I right, pause. We'll, we'll come back to them later. So I think we just kind of forgot about Baltimore. And, you know, once all our tickets start coming on to Baltimore here, I think the books will sharpen up and move this line towards the Ravens. I think by Sunday night, if the Ravens go out and stomp on the Panthers by like 20 points or something, this line is not going to be three and a half on Sunday night when you get a chance to bet it again. So I'll take it right now. Yeah. And even, I mean, look, just the Ravens being where they are in the Super Bowl odds right now is like this, this is not, it doesn't add up. So Anybody else before we wrap up? Anyone else get a look ahead spot? We good? Saw that uh Namdi. Do you say Namdi Sue got signed by the Eagles? He did. Yes. God. Adam Schefter reporting. Roseman is such God. He's such a <laughs> boss. Like I, you just love GMs and what's the Jets GM's name? Uh Douglas. Like Douglas and Ro- like Douglas specifically, who I think should win executive of the year. Like making moves when you need like you have like the Twitter world saying like, oh, this coach should do this. GM should do this. Uh, where like usually it doesn't happen for like salary cap reasons, but just seeing GMs make moves that need to happen uh, because they have a problem is like so refreshing. Like <laughs> the Eagles have been getting gashed. So they just added a fatty in the middle. Like it's, which doesn't change my thoughts on Sunday, but. Okay, good. Well, maybe if he's active, if he's in shape and ready to play and learn some plays, maybe that helps. And that line goes up to seven. So. For sure. He'll, he'll never be able to live down Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, though. That's the mm-hmm. one pockmark on his resume. That's right. Let's end on that note instead of the other Eagles Vikings one. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it because now we're starting to wander because we're excited <laughs> and uh, we're looking forward to another good week. Back to back six and three weeks here on the Best Bets podcast. Let's recap before we leave. Brandon Anderson is on Cliff Kingsbury's Cardinals plus eight and a half in Mexico City. Against the Niners, he likes the Bears team total over 22.5 points against the Falcons. He's on Pittsburgh plus four against Cincinnati. Jill likes New England against the Jets at home, minus three and a half. He has Dallas, Minnesota over 47.5 points, also on Pittsburgh. A reminder, this is not a repeat episode, I promise. And Luke Swain is on Indy plus seven against the Eagles. Dallas money line against the Vikings and also on the Steelers. That'll do it here on the Action Network podcast for our NFL Week 11 Best Bets presented by FanDuel. Thanks to Brandon Anderson, Joe Gallant, Luke Swain, uh, David Payne behind the scenes. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen. Best of luck with all of your bets this weekend. We will see you again Monday right here on the Action Network podcast for the recap show. Good luck this weekend. <laughs>